This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. And we begin with some uh, pretty large local news here. The Washington football team announcing on Monday that after review, it is indeed dropping its racist nickname. Washington football team is changing its name. We don't know uh, what the new nickname will be. The team did not announce that yet. It's been reported there's um, some sort of uh, copyright dispute or something over the name that they want to have. Uh, I'm not going to put you on it. Sam, you, you, you're, you're a townie here. You've, you've had to uh, deal with the Washington football team pretty much your entire life. Uh, I've only lived here for about 11 or 12 years. I, I grew up uh, as, a, as a Dolphins fan, being from Florida, and then later a Jaguars fan. Uh, not going to put you on the spot on what you'd rather see the name change to. I'm just going to say that uh, if they're if they're looking for a good, strong, non-racist name, the DC Sentinels would be good. And if the price is right, if the price is right, we'd be willing, <laughs> we'd be willing to make a name change ourselves. Look, I, I'm I'm not going to deny that, you know, everything. Everything obviously has its price, including us. So, yes, uh, we will consider selling the name. What uh, yeah. What else we have uh, going on here? I saw you were tweeting about Ben Carson. Oh, yeah, just noting that um, at the end of the month, July 31st, the uh, a lot of emergency coronavirus relief legislation expires. And that includes uh, the unemployment insurance, which evidently, uh, according to Jeff Stein of the Washington Post, Republicans and Democrats aren't even talking about extending that yet, the uh, extra $600 a week. Um, And also another thing that expires is the eviction moratorium on federally backed properties, anything with a... uh, with a mortgage backed by uh, the federal government, which is going to be uh, are canceled for those until July 31st. But yeah. again, um, there's no sense of urgency here from the government on renewing this as evidenced by the fact that today uh, the secretary of housing and urban development was, according to his press team, reading the cat in the hat. Oh, man, this is, yeah, we're on the verge of potentially seeing 28 million people 28 lose million. their homes. Yes. And Ben Carson is reading people evicted. Cat in the Hat. And, and there were 10 million at the height of, I believe, of the yes. uh, 2008 crisis. Well, it the crisis that started in 2008, it, it didn't end there, obviously. There were foreclosures uh, that occurred for years after that as a result of it. But the point is at the, at the worst of that, that was 10 million. We're looking at 28 million and uh whoo boy. The steady hand of Ben Carson at the helm. All right, let's get to the rest of what's happening. It's Monday, July 13th, 2020. Here's the news. 
The pandemic is spiraling out of control in the U.S., and the Defense Department just announced it is invoking the Defense Production Act not to make more masks, PPE, and medical equipment, but instead to build more drones, space surveillance technology, and warships. The Defense Production Act is a 1950 law that allows the federal government to force private companies to produce certain products necessary to U.S. national security, whether it be to ramp up production of armaments during a war or supplies during a domestic disaster like a pandemic. In a statement at the end of last week, the Pentagon said it was using the Defense Production Act to direct more than $84 million to, quote, help sustain and strengthen essential domestic industrial base capabilities and defense critical workforces in the small unmanned aerial systems, space technology, and shipbuilding industries. Uh, not really industries that deal with medical care or uh, epidemiology in the U.S. That includes more than $13 million to five companies to produce drone systems. The Pentagon boasts that the $13 million will save 14 jobs. Uh, another $15 million is being diverted to a California company, Leo Labs, to develop a radar array in space to be used for surveillance and another $56 million going toward domestic shipbuilding. The money is all coming from funding raised by the U.S. CARES Act, legislation passed in March to combat the coronavirus. The Trump administration has been heavily criticized for its reluctance to use the Defense Production Act to force the production of COVID-19 mitigation equipment. After resisting, the administration in April announced a $135 million investment under the DPA, Defense Production Act, to build tens of millions of new N95 masks. Since then, though, the pandemic situation in the U.S. has worsened. But rather than using the DPA to speed up production of more equipment necessary to fight the coronavirus, the administration is using it to beef up the military-industrial complex. Federal safety regulators are failing workers on the front lines of the pandemic, unsurprisingly. That's according to data posted on their own website. There have been more than 6,500 coronavirus-related complaints filed with OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Of these thousands of complaints, only 101 have led to on-site inspections, a rate of 1.6%. The agency's lack of curiosity was flagged today in a story by Vox. It noted that OSHA has only issued informal guidelines about coronavirus workplace safety. They don't carry the weight of fines. OSHA does, however, have the power to issue fines for coronavirus-related reasons. Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia spoke about that power in early June before the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. Here is some of what he had to say. How many coronavirus citations have been issued by OSHA? We've issued one citation to date. Wow, dude, don't get carpal tunnel signing off on all those citations, all one of those citations. Uh, that question came from Bob Menendez, for the record. The number of fines issued by OSHA, which again is one, does not appear to have changed since that testimony. Vox also noted that the one penalty Scalia has overseen was levied on a Georgia retirement home for failure for failure to report within 24 hours that six of employees were hospitalized with COVID. This wasn't even about a lack of PPP or anything. A few weeks ago, 
Kaiser Health News dug into OSHA complaints filed by healthcare workers. The investigation found negligence at best and cover-up style behavior at worst. The report counted more than 4,100 complaints from healthcare workers since March. Of those, that includes complaints from facilities where 35 healthcare workers died after the grievances were filed with OSHA. By June 21st, the agency had, quote, quietly closed almost all of those complaints, and none of them led to a citation or a fine. I don't know about you, but right now, I personally am imagining Antonin Scalia roasting in hell, cracking a wry smile about his dipshit son carrying on his legacy by killing workers. Next up, Attorney General William Barr's plans to kill people this week have been derailed by the courts. The Department of Justice was set to resume federal executions for the first time in 17 years by putting three men to death in the coming days. The first was scheduled for today before U.S. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin issued an injunction six hours before Daniel Lee was supposed to be killed in Indiana. The federal death penalty has been on hold since 2003 over questions about the drug cocktail used in lethal injections. The European Union banned the export of drugs to the U.S. that could be used for lethal injections, and that led to shortages and the Department of Justice searching for new mixes to carry out executions. That new protocol was established in 2019 by the department in order to resume the death penalty, but the courts have disrupted it. In Monday's decision, Judge Chutkin cited the testimony of medical experts and witnesses to previous executions to conclude that, quote, the scientific evidence before the court overwhelmingly indicates that the 2019 protocol is very likely to cause plaintiffs extreme pain and needless suffering during their executions, end quote. Worth noting that Lee's attorneys aren't even really trying to save his life here. They're just trying to save him from unnecessary suffering before death. They've asked for the government to administer a sedative before applying the lethal injection or just killing Lee by firing squad. The government rejected both requests. Complicating matters in Indiana, a staffer at the prison involved in planning the Daniel Lee execution tested positive for the coronavirus and is now self-isolating. It really raises the question why all of this is necessary right now during a pandemic. We haven't had a federal execution in 17 years, and Attorney General Barr is determined to resume them right now while a virus is infecting millions of people. Another federal execution scheduled for Wednesday is also on hold now after an appeals court found that the defendant was inadequately represented by counsel. Another execution scheduled for Friday, though, is still a go for now, as is a fourth one set for next month. Finally, the great American COVID fuck-up is going global. The U.S. military announced that it would be locking down its bases on Okinawa. The announcement came today after 94 service members tested positive for the coronavirus. U.S. military installations on the Japanese archipelago include three bases. They all reported infections. According to local media, the outbreak happened after 4th of July celebrations. The installations are now under lockdown and efforts are being made to carry out contact tracing to notify everyone who may have come into contact with anyone at the American parties. But there is little faith among local officials in U.S. efforts to stop the spread. Okinawa Governor Denny Tamaki said he had, quote, serious doubts about U.S. measures 
against infections. Buddy, you and me both. The Okinawa Prefecture consists of more than 100 islands. It has been occupied by the U.S. military since World War II, with American installations taking up some of the most valuable land, impoverishing and dispossessing Okinawans in the process. According to Scientific American, the facilities are used, among other things, for the testing and storage of nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons. There have also been 116 U.S. military aircraft accidents in Okinawa since 1972. In 1959, a U.S. fighter plane on a test flight crashed into an elementary school. 17 people were killed. 210 were injured, including 156 students. The pilot ejected to safety. Recommend all the uh, listeners to Google the uh, the military airbase at Okinawa just to see what it looks like because it's such a it's such a fucking blight on the island there. You see a what looks like a residential neighborhood, just lots of houses, and then smack dab in the middle of it, carved out of the middle of it, is this giant airstrip and military base. And you know those people are just constantly dealing with the sound of jets coming and going. And all sorts of military exercises all the time. They hate it there. They're constantly protesting it. And yet, still there. Probably spre- spreading coronavirus now. Yep. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it, it's quite the metaphor for the United States of America in general. Just a blight, a cancer, and uh, spreading the plague. <laughs> Plague Nation, USA. All right, that music means the newscast is over. Time to read some poetry for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. $5 a month to get access to all the bonus content we do, and you get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. This first one goes out to David. Roger Stone's tattoos. Tricky Dick's face on his back. Trump's mug on his chest. Thank you, David. This is for Hayden. Someone cancel us. Please, somebody cancel us. More Patreon cash. Thank you, Hayden. Funny how that works out. Finally, this is for Robert. New super pack formed. Give Doritos to the dogs. Founders are puppers. Thank you, Robert. Good luck running a super pack with donations of chewed up tennis balls. <laughs> yes, Robert, thank you. And thank you to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. We've got another newscast coming out tomorrow along with some more haiku to read for the new subscribers. We're here in DC, so you don't have to be.